Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Seamus. Take your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I want to talk to you a little bit about um, being an ambassador in the kingdom. Now, we've been on a series I have no, you know, I didn't, I didn't say it was an eight-week series. I didn't know how long it would be, um, but we've been on this journey now for about four or five weeks at least about the kingdom because what I'm understanding is that the ecclesia fits in the kingdom. Yeah. But the ecclesia isn't the kingdom. The ecclesia is, our, is one of our, our functions in the kingdom. The kingdom is, is so much bigger than, than ecclesia, but we're a part of it. And, and the Lord uses different things in Scripture um, that helps us with our identity. One, he talks about us being sons and daughters. Uh, he talks about us being the bride. He talks about us being sheep. He talks about us. There's a lot of different uh, analogies that we could look at and ask the Holy Spirit, what does that mean for me in terms of my identity? One of the, one of the real important things that he talks about in terms of our identity is this, this word called ambassador. And... Um, and I remember, I wasn't raised in the church, but I, I do struggle with, when I, when I see the word ambassador, I think about this um, old youth um, department song from the Assemblies of God saying, we're Christ ambassadors. I feel like marching around singing. How many people even know what I'm talking about? It's, a, it's, an old, it's, it's taken us way back, if you know what I'm talking about. So it's like, we are Christ's ambassadors. I think that's how it went. It was just like, it's like Hogan's Heroes, you know. Now I'm really, really dating myself talking about Hogan's Heroes. So how many remember Hogan's Heroes? Just to let me know, clink, you know, whatever that guy's name. The guy who acts, he likes strudel and all this stuff. So it was my dad, my dad was a, a former uh, World War II vet, and so he loved Hogan's Heroes. I just remember, you know, when you had to get up out of your couch and turn the channel, because you only had four or five to choose from of those days. And, um, and so uh, Hogan's Heroes was one of his favorite shows. So I just remember at the beginning of the show, he'd always be moving his foot, because there was dun, 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 dun. Um, that's never planned. But... So when he's praying for me right now, it's all right, she could do that. All right, what did I say, 2 Corinthians chapter five? So this whole idea of ambassador and what this means to be an ambassador in the kingdom. And it's really part of, it's really part of your identity whether you realize it or not. So some things that are, that are laid out, everything that's laid out in scripture that identifies you, you are whether you know it or not. And it doesn't, change, it doesn't change the position, but revelation gives you a picture or lifts the veil about how the Lord has identified you and positioned you. Yeah. And I'm convinced that uh, a large part of the, the church, if I can use that word today, the large part of the church doesn't really understand what this word ambassador actually means and what it signifies. And the, the biggest challenge that I always have is how does, this, how does this work starting on Monday? Like, what does it mean? What does it mean for, what does it mean for me personally? What does it mean for my, as a husband and a father, what does that mean for me? And what does that mean for me in the workplace, in the marketplace? What does that mean 
to me as living as Christ's ambassador. And I think it's super timely uh, for us to talk about this because we have to, I think we all can say amen to the fact that we are citizens of heaven. And the, we can all agree on, because we've talked about this in the, several weeks, in the past several weeks, that we live from the unseen realm to the seen realm. The scriptures say that, that, and it challenges us to actually live from heaven to earth. We are seated in heavenly places. We are seated in heavenly places. So we actually... Though my feet are on in Fremont, California, I'm actually anchored more in heaven than I am on earth. I'm actually seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Now that, that's number one, an absolute honor and an absolute privilege. And if I recognize God as Father, I'm actually seated with him as a son and I'm actually called or commissioned to bring uh, heaven to earth, according to Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, which is the will of God is on earth as it is in heaven. So, uh, so we have that. That's pretty foundational. We all, we're, we're all, fair, you know, we're in agreement with that. Um, and that's been, that's been kind of our, that's been kind of our war cry for, for 10 or 15, 20 years, even longer where we are people who are anchored in heaven and we're living from heaven to earth and we have, the, we have the privilege, the responsibility and the privilege to bring the goodness of God to a culture, to cities, to the marketplace. Wherever our feet are, we have the, we have the absolute privilege to bring the goodness of God uh, into our environments. Can we say amen to that? Amen. And every miracle, every Act, every healing, every miracle, whether it's a financial miracle, it, it reflects a portion of his goodness and character, his nature. So miracles are not just, you know, I was reading somewhere where someone says uh, this week where miracles aren't really, aren't really needed or miracles are, he kind of uh, limited miracles. In other words, it's just a small part of a bigger picture. But in that minimizing of miracles, He's forgetting that every miracle is a reflection of his goodness. It actually demonstrates the character of God. And we can't have miracles unless we have impossibilities. That's what makes a miracle a miracle. So, so when you're faced with an impossibility, you're, you're in line for a miracle. right? You're, you're, you're standing in line for God to step in and do something. Um, that was beyond something that you can ever possibly think or imagine. Amen. So next week, I want to talk about sonship in the kingdom. And then after that, I don't know where we're going to go. I'm praying. But we're going to talk about sonship in the kingdom. But I felt like it was super important to talk about this whole idea of ambassador. And we live in a, right now, I don't know about you, but we live, it feels like we're living in a politically charged environment in our nation. And though I feel like we have responsibility in the shaping and the values of our nation, uh, we have a higher and greater responsibility to actually live as an ambassador. That's right, that's right. I know that was fairly quiet. 
Um, and so I'm trying to tell you that, that there's, a, there's a higher calling for us. Amen. That scripture discusses and we'll, we'll kind of open up this morning. And I don't have time to, I mean, I could take two or three weeks on this whole idea of what it means to be an ambassador. But I only have 30 minutes. And so um, I want to be able to share that with you. But I want to, there's two places in scripture I want to land just to kind of get ourselves familiar with this whole idea of ambassador. So if you're with me so far, just say amen. All right, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Did I say verse 16? All right, here we go. Well, let's go up to verse 11. I'm reading out of the NIV, 1984. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we, what we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, wow, that's an interesting line. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. Ooh, underline that. If we are in the right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. Verse 15, and he died for all and those who live shall no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. Can we say amen? That's called lordship. Verse 16, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we, no longer, we do so no longer. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. When we talk about new creation, we're talking about what what you see is called, the word there is metamorphosis. It's when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. It's a complete transformation. So when it says you're a new creation, on the, the, the inner man is completely transformed. And we grow into the image of Jesus, right? So when we're talking about a new creation, we're talking about literally almost a new species, spiritual, like we're, we're born again. We're, we're this new creation. Um, in the kingdom of God. The old is gone and new has come. All this is from God, say amen, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Everyone say the ministry of reconciliation. Say it. We'll talk about that in a moment. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. What's our message? Reconciliation through Christ. Can I just say that again? What is our message? Reconciliation. I'll say it this way. What then is our primary message? Reconciliation through Christ. Yeah, that's good. 
man, could I go somewhere right now? That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he, was, he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now that's a good trade right there. So we see here in verse 20 that Paul actually is laying out, really, our primary message is Christ in him crucified. The message is that of reconciliation. And then he makes a declaration and says, therefore, be, be reconciled to God. But we, we're messengers of reconciliation because we are Christ's ambassadors. So, the, the functional identity of an ambassador is to bring a message of reconciliation. That is part of our spiritual DNA. It's hard to change the world if the heart of the world is unchanged. Before I got saved, I wanted nothing to do with the church, Sunday mornings, anything that had to do with, uh, I didn't even know what Christianity was. Uh, anything that had to do with anything that was probably in this book, I, I, first of all, I didn't know a lot about what was here. And second of all, I really didn't care. And you can talk to me about all these different biblical positions, but I wasn't I was unable to receive that until the heart was changed. Once I received Jesus, everything opened up. I'm not saying that we can't, I'm not, this is kind of what the Lord's been talking to me about for the last three months. Like, it's all about getting, no, I shouldn't say that. Our primary message is reconciliation. Our primary message is not a long debate it's actually bringing people into the kingdom. That's right. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't do that. I'm just saying that our focus needs to be, the heart needs to be transformed. That's right. Until the heart is transformed, we could be bumping up against something for 15 years. But when the heart is transformed, then the Holy Spirit now resides. And here's what I know. When I got saved, everything I used to hate, I began to love. And everything that I used, to, I used to love, I began to hate. And no one threw a rule book at me. No one told me to conform to anything. It was Christ in me. The change was from the inside out. I was the first one that got saved in my family, probably for maybe generations. My twin brother, yes, I have one, was saved the very same day as a twin. Isn't that amazing? That's kind of interesting. I never thought about that. 
And the transformation took place where we began to even witness to our parents. And our parents were kind enough to say, hey, if it works for you, awesome. You go ahead and you do it. They didn't say, oh, oh my goodness. But they did, they did give us room to grow in our faith, and this message of reconciliation needs to land back in the heart of the church again. Yeah. And so with this package of reconciliation, he talks about that we are Christ's ambassadors. What does that mean? Ephesians chapter 6 Verse 19 and 20 says, Paul's talking about, and Ephesians is, there's not one rebuke in the book of Ephesians. I mean, Ephesians, anyway, Ephesians is Ephesians, but Ephesians 6 is the warfare chapter. The breastplate of righteousness, remember that? The belt of truth. All right, so he's ending that chapter, and he says, pray also for me that, whatever I, that whenever I open my mouth, Words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly. And then he ends with, as I should. So let's talk a little bit about what an ambassador is, and I'm gonna give you kind of a more um, clinical definition, and then I hopefully I'll give you 10 things and I'll let you guys go out the door as an ambassador. How's that? An ambassador is a diplomatic official of the highest rank appointed and accredited as a representative in residence by one government or sovereign to another, usually for a specific length of time. A diplomatic official heading his or her country's permanent mission to certain international organizations, such as the United Nations. An ambassador is an authorized messenger or a representative. Hopefully I could just, an ambassador then is a diplomatic official of the highest rank sent by one sovereign or let's say country to another as a resident representative. Our assignment as ambassadors is that we have been chosen, say amen, and we've been appointed by God as a representative to represent him and his kingdom on earth. We are ambassadors whether we, uh, we have, whether we understand it or know it or not. Jesus has commissioned you, Jesus has appointed you, Jesus has selected you as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. God's strategy for proclaiming his message of his kingdom is to use ambassadors who are part of his ecclesia to bring heaven to earth. Why is that so important? Because anytime there is, anytime that God gives us 
let's say, uh, the ability or, or power, he has actually given us the ability to perform it. In other words, when he says that we are ambassadors, he has equipped us to function in that office or in that role. Like he's given us the, the, the power, the authority, and the power to function as an ambassador. All right, so what does that mean? You guys with me? So we are authorized. Now I'm talking kingdom. I'm talking governmental. You guys staying with me there? I'm not talking religious. So we are authorized and commissioned to bring the message of reconciliation of Christ to the world as ambassadors. The word Reconciliation means restoring others to divine favor. The word there means to bring back. The word there means to reinstate. The word means to return someone to a former condition or position. So, without going into a longer discourse, you know, before we were... Anyway, when we sinned, we separated ourselves from God. So in the New Testament, you see a lot of words that start with R-E. Reconciliation is one of those words. Restoration is one of those words. R-E means to bring back to a former position or a former condition. So what's our responsibility? We have people all over our city, all over your workplace. They're wayward. They don't know Jesus our job as ambassadors is actually to bring this message that says you can be brought back from, let's say, darkness back into light. You can, be, you can be a person who might be filled with hopelessness, and I'm going to bring you into the kingdom where there's hope. I mean, whether there's peace, whether all those things that are part of the kingdom, the Lord is asking us as ministers, ambassadors, to bring people into this realm back into the kingdom of light. That makes sense. Don't have time to talk about it, but it's illustrated perfectly in the, in the prodigal son where he was reinstated. He was brought back into the, his dad's like, get the robe, get the ring, get the sandals. And then the religious community gets upset, which is the elder brother. So an ambassador then is a representative of the highest rank sent by the ruler of one government to another. A minister of the highest rank is representing the power and the authority of of his king or his government. It's a representative. He's a diplomatic agent of the highest rank sent to a foreign government as a resident representative of his own government. So the purpose of an ambassador is to speak for their country, to represent the interests of his government with how he lives and how he acts. Someone say amen. Amen. And number three, to positively influence the territory to which he's been assigned. So let's look at, I have... Several things here about an ambassador. I'm not going to tell you how many. And I, I, I just needed to establish that part of it, that definition, that definition part of it, and kind of bring you into the practical part. So you guys, thanks for staying with me. Number one, an ambassador is chosen, appointed, 
empowered and sent by the king. John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit shall remain. That whatever you ask my father in my name will be given to you. You are chosen and you are appointed not just to be a son and daughter of the living God, but to be ambassador representing heaven on earth. Number two, an ambassador speaks for and represents the entire government of his country. He, an ambassador, embodies the country. So when we send somebody from America, and I just, as you know, I've been in the Philippines four times, and Wendy and I have been four times in eight months, seven months, a lot, or three, is it three times? Three times, one, two, three. Three times, and we're going in July again, kind of wrap it up in that nation. But I, while I'm in Manila, we're driving by, and I see the U.S. Embassy. And it's a big building, and it's gated. An ambassador speaks for and represents the entire government. That ambassador that's, that is in a building that's in Manila, Philippines, actually is there to represent the entire government, the entire United States of America on foreign soil. That's his responsibility. Our responsibility, since we are actually seated with him in heavenly places, we are citizens of the kingdom of God, but not only that, we're ambassadors of the kingdom of God, and God has positioned you from heaven to earth, and you are an embodiment of the kingdom. You are, you, are you are heaven and you're representing heaven. Jesus lives inside of you. So our responsibility is that everywhere we go, we are representing Christ, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's in your school, whether it's the job you're, doesn't matter. We are representing Christ. We are a representative of heaven while we're here on earth as ambassadors. It's vitally important how we live if we're gonna represent the kingdom of God well. If an ambassador doesn't represent his country well, he is no longer an ambassador. He's called, that word there is he is actually recalled from his place of being an ambassador and brought back to the nation. I'm saying that it is vitally important, not that we're perfect, that we actually represent Jesus well as ambassadors while we're here on earth. Number three, an ambassador's purpose is to positively influence the territory to which he's assigned in accordance with the nature and character of the kingdom that he has sent. So when Jesus, Luke 9, 1 and 2 says, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. They were representing heaven. Number four, an ambassador is committed to his government's interest, not his own. Whoa, are you all right? You guys are very quiet today. An ambassador is committed to his government's interests and not his own. 
He has been chosen and sent by the king and is not self-appointed. Or an ambassador is never elected by some constituency. Therefore, he holds the office of an ambassador for the purpose, listen now, of representing the king's interests and carrying out the king's agenda. Remember, we're living, we have, we're living with the paradigm of a kingdom, not a republic. So when Jesus, when Paul is talking about being an ambassador, we have to frame it inside of a kingdom, not a republic, even though the two are fairly close through the, through the centuries. An ambassador is sent to some, something called an embassy. An embassy actually is, the U.S. embassy is actually U.S. soil. Sits on U.S. soil in the Philippines. The land that the embassy sits on is not land that is declared Filipino land. The land that the U.S. embassy sits on is the United States of America. And that's how it is for any U.S. embassy, any uh, embassy, whether it's U.S. or not. The land is actually the the land is actually declared or named and whatever written or documented as that is part of the United States where that embassy sits. The beautiful thing about our us being ambassadors is that. We actually carry the kingdom, we represent the king wherever we go, and we have authority to do so. But your house is an embassy. Your apartment is an embassy. Some of you need to walk around your house and make a declaration that the land that this sits on is kingdom land. I mean, make a declaration at work. Anyway. Number five, an ambassador never gives his personal opinion. Ooh, this is really going to be fun. Which I don't have time to talk about. On all issues for which he is the spokesman or his government or his government in a foreign kingdom, an ambassador will always say, I don't know, but my government's position is fill in the blank. My government's position in the kingdom, my government's position on immorality is this. It's not my opinion, it's God's opinion. It's God's word. This is not my opinion, but this is what, this is what the Constitution, oops, the kingdom Constitution says about adultery. It's not really my opinion, I can find it. It's really not, well, I can't go. Oh, there it is. It's really not my opinion, but this is what his opinion is on on, uh, abortion. See, it never has to be just your, it's not just, it's not your opinion. An ambassador always represents his government. If he doesn't have if he doesn't have like a, uh, um, he doesn't necessarily have to form his own opinion or it has to be his opinion. 
It's really, what does the United States say? And for us as an ambassador is what does the Bible have to say? What does God have to say? So an ambassador doesn't form his own opinion and give it, that's actually contrary to the word. Now we have the, we have, oh boy. Uh, I'll just say this. We do have believers who kind of pick and choose what they want to believe and disregard what they don't want to believe. That's called deception. Either we're all in or we're not. Oh, boy. An ambassador will never articulate his own views on the matter if they are different from the position of the government. John 12, uh, 49, for I have not spoken, Jesus talking, for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. New King James. John 6, 38, for I have come down from heaven not to do my, my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Same for you. Number six, or number seven. I tell you, oh, I actually give you a number, didn't I? An ambassador never becomes a citizen of the state for which he has been assigned. In other words, if he goes to Israel, he doesn't become an Israeli. He doesn't, he still, he still represents the nation that he's from. He doesn't form a citizenship with that country. He's actually separated as a representative of the country that he's from in the country where he's actually ministering or representing. Philippians 3.20, for our citizenship is in heaven. Can we say amen? amen? Although we live on earth, the laws, principles, and powers of the kingdom of God are our governing authority. The next one. An ambassador has access to all of his government's wealth and power. Luke twenty two twenty nine, Jesus says, I confer on you a kingdom just as my father has conferred one on me. What does that mean? An ambassador never worries about uh, resources. He never worries about, um, wow, this is a big one, man. This will stretch you. He, he just, he's not concerned about money. He's not concerned about food. He's not concerned about shelter. He's not concerned about, why? Because he's connected to a government who will continually give him supply. The government does not want the ambassador to have to worry about those things because he has a job to do. So an ambassador is fully supplied from the government that he comes from. He doesn't labor or toil. You know, the big challenge for us is Matthew chapter six. That's a big, that's a, that's a reach. Jesus says, why are you concerned about shelter? Why are you concerned about food? Why are you concerned about all these things? He talks about lilies. He talks about birds. And then he says, here's the answer to, to, this, to the problem that you're facing, but seek first the kingdom. Wow, that's a stretch, isn't it? So either Jesus was lying to us or Jesus is really, doesn't have a clue really on culture and the world and where we live or there's something there that Jesus said that is gonna cause me to reach spiritually. 
And if he's challenging me with this in 2 Corinthians chapter five about being an ambassador, that means that I, I can be supplied in such a way that, that my main focus as an ambassador is this message of reconciliation. And that he has actually equipped me with, with all the tools from heaven to actually be an ambassador who ministers the message of reconciliation. That we're actually uniquely different in the world. Though we live in the world, the culture inside of us is different than the world. That we actually have something that the world is, I wouldn't say dying for, but the world is reaching for. That's why it's the, that's why it's the gospel of good news. Not bad news. Oh, you guys... Number two, whatever, yes, I can't. Ah. So all the ambassador's needs are provided for by the government he is representing. The king who chose the ambassador to represent him assumes full and complete responsibility for the ambassador's welfare, including food, clothing, Shelter, health, safety, transportation, etc. The government can't afford for the ambassador to be distracted and preoccupied with survival. Philippians 4:19, and my God shall supply all your needs, not wants. All your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Wow. And then Matthew 6, we know what that one says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Not only do you get the kingdom, not only do you get righteousness, this righteous thing that's, in, that's inside of you, but you get everything else when you seek the kingdom first. An ambassador, the next one, an ambassador must remain in constant contact and communication with his government. In other words, the ambassador needs to know what he's representing, who he's representing, and in communication with that person constantly. We call that prayer. Staying connected to heaven. The next one. An ambassador does not have to be original or creative. He just needs, he can be. He just has to know his government's position on issues and speak to that position. What concerns, oh boy. Let's get to the next one. An ambassador personifies the principles, values, and freedoms that the government represents. Bottom line. A congressional, a a congressman or a senator represents a constituency of people, not the entire country. They also represent the interests, values, and the persuasion of a particular political party. 
An ambassador, on the other hand, represents neither a constituency nor a political party. He represents the entire nation. He actually serves the one that's empowered him. So when you shake hands with an ambassador, you're shaking hands with a nation. You're not shaking hands with a Democrat. And you're not shaking hands with a Republican. Or you're not shaking hands with an independent. You're actually shaking hands with a nation. In fact, right protocol is when an ambassador steps in the room, you actually bow before an ambassador to honor and respect that ambassador. But you're not just respecting the ambassador, you're actually respecting the nation that that ambassador embodies. So when there is an attack on an ambassador, we call that an act of war. Why? Because you're actually, when you're attacking an ambassador, the ambassador actually represents a nation And when you attack the ambassador, you're literally attacking the nation. That's why we've had problems with some of these political things that have taken place when embassies have been attacked and we've done nothing. Because when you attack an embassy, you attack the nation. It's a declaration of war against that nation. Are you guys all right? I don't think I've ever seen you guys just quiet. If you physically harm a member of Congress, it's called an assault. If you physically harm an ambassador, you are not harming a person, you are harming a country. This is not called an assault, it's called an international incident. An attack on the country itself. In other words, when the devil harasses you as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's not attacking an individual, he's actually attacking a country. He's not attacking you personally, he's also attacking heaven itself. In so so doing, he is provoking an entire nation and subjecting himself to the wrath of the nation's government, including the king and the army that defends both the citizens and the ambassadors of that kingdom. So let me try, let me try and sum this up. Because right now, I think everyone's kind of rocked a little bit. Like, what does that mean, the application? I think our minds are spinning. Where there needs to be an unfolding of this revelation that we are ambassadors. And it's not just a cute song that we sing. And it's not something that, you know, it, the word is even foreign to us. And for some of us, even if we talk about being an ambassador, we kind of check out because we don't think that's part of our identity. It is. So being an ambassador is just a part of our identity as being a son or a daughter. So when the enemy comes against you, he's coming against heaven, not just you. In other words, you have support. So when you come against me, you're coming against the king. So you're not alone. 
But God can use trials, he can use problems to grow us because the goal is not heaven, the goal is the image of Jesus, which we talked about. So the Lord takes those things and he uses it for good, for our betterment, so we look more like Jesus on the other side. Like I understand trials. Like I understand those situations. But then there are things that are just assaults that should not happen and he's coming against us and we go to our king and we have the Holy Spirit and we have Father and we say, they just attacked me and they attacked heaven right here. Release the angels. I'm standing as an ambassador of Jesus. He chose me. You're not elected. You're not part of a, listen. Oh boy. I told myself I'd be done at 12.30. I'm really working hard to get done at 12.30. That's really, really working hard. Do not, oh boy. Do not, do not, I haven't formed this thoroughly yet, <laughs> but I'm gonna share it anyway, just let it kind of roll out. I, I'm really concerned about what I'm seeing on Facebook, what I'm seeing on Twitter, I'm, I'm seeing Christians going back and forth with each other. It's like, do we, are we living from heaven or what? Where's the biblical worldview? Where's the kingdom worldview? We might say, we might say, hey, you know, uh, yeah, that's, that's something that we don't have to talk about. That, that's, no, it's not. That is something we need to talk about. Yeah. Well, that's in my heart, but it's not being translated in my social media posts. No, it needs to be translated in your social media posts. Yeah, good. We're functioning from a heavenly reality, and that's just not good theology. It has to be something that is translated and lived out. If not, we get caught up in the leaven of Herod, which is a political, uh, political spirit that gets us preoccupied away from heaven. And so we're so preoccupied. Remember what I said about yeast? It's not just something you put in a bread machine and you walk away. It has to be done like this. It's, it has to be worked into the dough. It has to be worked as a process. There's work, there's labor in that process. When he says the yeast of Herod and he says the yeast of the Pharisees, he's talking about the religious system and he's talking about the political system. He's talking about a religious spirit and he's talking about a political spirit and you're wasting your time. We're wasting our time if we're always here doing this. Instead of, I, I, not that I, and I'm, this is the part I'm struggling with, like Lord, how much here and how much, I'm never there, but how much here in terms of the process of involvement that we need to be, and I'm more about the priority. Are we actually living from heaven to earth? Are we actually doing it? Or we're caught into a spirit and we're getting tangled and we have all these people arguing and we're divided. I mean, his, his kingdom is divided. Not that he's dividing it, we are. Oh, see, I told you. Oh, boy. You know, I would love to see somebody write out 365 prayers for our president and post it. Doesn't have to be a long prayer, something like, Lord, 
Just start with the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, I pray that peace governs his heart. Amen. Next day, Lord, I pray that joy is his portion. Amen. I pray that the love of God would fill his heart. Amen. I pray that, uh, that you would help him in the measure of self-control. Amen. Can someone just take the mantle up and begin a prayer meeting? What concerns me is the priority and the measure. If I'm, maybe it's because of the, maybe it's because I don't, I'm not on Facebook that much, but when I get on there, I, sometimes I get discouraged. So, because I have so many people who are following me from the Philippines, so we, you know, there's, there, you know, I don't know, there's Messenger. I don't even know what Messenger is. It just sees like a little red. I see this little notification in the corner, you know, so I push it, you know. And then I go there. But you guys are more savvy than that. It could be Twitter. It could be Instagram. Could, whatever it is, I, I'm just saying, where's the intentionality of the kingdom message? Where's the kingdom message? If that's where we're, if that's where we're seated, then, I, then I'm not seeing it. And so maybe the Lord is saying, maybe you should start it, like me. I'm not like a social media savvy guy. I've had long conversations about that with the Lord. You know, this leadership, you gotta be on social media, you gotta be, you know, and I'm just like, if I post once a week, I feel like I've done a lot. <laughs> Is anyone like that? Like, I mean, I, maybe the older guys, some older people are, but so I just wanna let you know I'm trying. I'm trying, they're like, Instagram, post a picture, you know, post, you know, just be social. I don't have time to be social, like, on Instagram, you know, I shouldn't have, shouldn't say I'm not time to be social, but all right, let me just wrap this up, okay? I just got my, number one, I have been chosen, appointed, and sent by God to be an ambassador for Christ. Can we say amen to that? Yes. Number two, I have been given and am committed to the ministry of reconciliation. Can we say amen to that? God makes his appeal to mankind through me. I implore people on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. That's what it says. Can we say amen to that? All right. The next one. I am an ambassador of the government of the kingdom of God on earth, my purpose is to positively influence the territory for which I have been assigned. Amen. Number five, I am committed to my government's interests, not my own. I'm trying to figure out what that means. It doesn't mean you can't have interest, but in the light of what he's talking about, like the bigger ticket items. Number six, Ooh, I never give my personal opinion on issues of importance to my government. I always say my government's position is. And if we don't know this, we're not going to know the government's position. Number seven, although I am stationed on earth in the courts of a foreign government, my citizenship is in heaven. Can we say amen? In fact, we have dual citizenship, right? But the higher level is heaven. 
That's why Jesus says, render under Caesar's what is and God's what is God's. Yeah. Number eight, my resource base is the kingdom of God in heaven where I have access to all my government's wealth and power. The government is my heavenly kingdom. The government of my heavenly kingdom meets all my needs through Christ Jesus. Say amen to that. Number nine, oh, next one. I maintain constant contact and communication with my government or heaven and stay current on governmental issues of importance through prayer and the word. Say amen. amen. Number, the next one, I preach the gospel of the kingdom, which is a little different than the gospel of salvation. It's broader than the gospel of salvation. I preach the gospel of the kingdom in the territory assigned to me. I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything I need will be added to me. So I'm, I'm here as an ambassador in a room full of ambassadors. Wow, that's an ecclesia gathering. Jesus was, I don't know, the elder ambassador. But we're actually all ambassadors. We're all here representing the kingdom of God. And the Holy Spirit is for us and not against us. He's with us. He wants to meet all of our needs. And when we talk about sonship, we're going to talk about a good father mm, who wants to rule and reign with us as sons and daughters. Wow. You connect fatherhood and being a bad, dude, that's crazy. That's what the word of God says we are. Yeah? All right. I tried. Please stand. I tried. Wow. Right on cue. I didn't even see him go up. Take your hands and would you stretch them out in front of you? And I, I just want to read these again really fast. And I just want you to come into agreement before heaven on all these things that the Word of God says you are. So if you've been chosen, appointed, and sent by God to be an ambassador for Christ, you have been given and committed to the ministry of reconciliation. God makes his appeal to mankind through you. I implore people on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. You are a representative of heaven and of the kingdom of God on earth, and you will positively influence the territory for which you've been assigned. We are committed to the government's interests and not our own. We don't give our personal opinion on issues of importance to heaven 
in Christ's kingdom, we always say, this is what heaven says, this is what Jesus says, this is what the position is. Although I am stationed on earth in the courts of a foreign government, my citizenship is in heaven. Our resource base is the kingdom of God in heaven, where we have access to all our Father's wealth and power. The government of my heavenly kingdom meets all my needs through Christ Jesus. I will maintain constant contact and communication with heaven and stay connected. And then we preach the gospel of the kingdom in the territory assigned to us. We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything, and I mean everything, that we need is added to us. So Lord, we just take, we just take you at your word. These are not words that we've come up with. Lord, these are your words. These are your promises. And so Lord, if I function from this place of being an ambassador and what that means, Lord, thank you for choosing me. Thank you, Lord, that, I, that by your sovereign grace, you put your hand on me and the Holy Spirit convicted me of sin and I gave my heart to you. And what a privilege it is to be an ambassador of a kingdom. What, a, what an honor it is to have one of the highest ranks in a nation. Thank you, Lord, that you've chosen every single person in this room to function. And the beauty of it is that you make the weak strong. You take broken things and you use us. Though we don't even feel like we're even worthy to step into that role, you have chosen us to do so and you have empowered us to do it. So Lord, we stand in need of your grace. We're, we stand in need as needy people, knowing that this has been the commission that's been given to us and it's a beautiful commission. And so Lord God, though we're weak, though we feel like we, how do we step into this reality? God, I pray that we would just simply yield to lordship, yield to your goodness, yield to the spirit of God, and just say, just simply say yes. We just say yes. And Lord, we just say, do the work in us because it's all about being transformed from the inside out. So God, there's power in our yes. So we just say yes, Lord, use us. Use us as ambassadors. May we represent the kingdom of God well. May we represent Jesus well. And not only that, you co-labor with us. You're walking with us. We're joint heirs with Jesus. There's this amazing dynamic of you living inside of us and not feeling like we have to do it. We just yield. And so God, we pray for souls. We pray for people to come to Jesus this week. May we be messengers of reconciliation. Lord, I pray for divine appointments, divine setups. Lord, if we lay hands on the sick, we bring them to the cross. Lord God, if we just strike a conversation, Lord, turn that conversation to a place of not just Jesus, but this divine appointment with heaven where they actually cross over and into the kingdom of God. May we love well, may we serve well, but may we be met these ministers of reconciliation where hearts are turned. And we thank you for Jesus.
we just say we love you. Just say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Awesome. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.